Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. Hello, everyone. Welcome into today's episode. We have a very, very fun episode for you today. Um, one that I, I, I'm actually really excited for. I had some fun doing some research for this one. Casey, what, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so again, we're continuing our theme. Uh, as you can tell, we've said a couple of times, we're really missing the parks. And something I thought would be a lot of fun for us to talk about that a lot of Disney fans, especially lay Disney fans, not the hardcore Disney fans, don't really realize is that there are a set of characters that have been established in the parks only. They don't have IP or intellectual property outside of the parks. And so really hardcore Disney fans have come to enjoy these particular characters and the fun and the creativity that they bring because they're original. They're not Disney bringing in an IP from outside and, and kind of shoehorning into a park, they were built as original characters. So we're going to focus our attention in today on three of those really popular characters from around the world. It's not just Walt Disney World this time. It's actually from around the world. So the ones we're going to focus on today are Figment, the Imagination Dragon. I think that's his official title. <laughs> Orange Bird, uh, which was we've, we've touched a little bit on, but he's he was originally part of the Florida Citrus Commission when Walt Disney World opened up. And then Duffy the Disney Bear and actually all of the related characters that kind of come along with him. And, and a lot of people who are, are stateside don't know who that is. And we're going to get into that a little bit, too. So uh, it's going to be a fun episode. I'm going to talk a little bit about history, you know, uh, where they came from, you know, why we may or may not see them as much. So. I think the first place we should start, Matt, it, it honestly is Figment, because I think of all three, that's the one that most Disney fans probably know the most. So, and I know Figment's one of your favorites, so why don't you kick us off there? Two tiny wings, eyes big and yellow, horns of a steer, but a lovable fellow. From head to tail, he's royal purple pigment, and there, voila! Yes, Figment is one of my favorites. I love Figment. And part of that comes from when I first went to Disney, that was my favorite ride. And this was in its original form. So this was not the current version. If you have not watched in its original form, go YouTube it because it's so much better than what it is right now. But um, I was listening to a podcast that Tony Baxter, who uh, legendary Imagineer, he was the one behind Figment. He He helped create Figment. And um, he was talking about how they came up with the name and it was, they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. And it wasn't until someone said in a meeting room, like, Oh, uh, you know, he's like a figment of your imagination. And, and he was, he said, we all like looked at each other, like, Oh, duh figment. Like that's what he's going to be named. And, and <laughs> so I, I, I love that to, to us. It's like, Oh wow. What a clever name. It was probably really obvious to them was, was, was just lost on them. Um, he is so prevalent in merch around the parks, especially Epcot. Like he's everywhere. Well, I think one of the reasons why he has such a special place in the hearts of Disney parks fans that maybe the other ones we're going to talk about don't have as much of is it has to do with when Epcot was originally created and CEO Michael Eisner 
he when Epcot was originally created, you know, he he started to bring characters into Epcot, but prior to that, Epcot wasn't going to have any characters in the park like uh, the, the the leadership team wanted epcot to be a completely different experience altogether uh, an educate um what they call it edutainment experience right when michael eisner kind of came on board he was like hold on a second where are all the characters why am i not seeing mickey why am i not seeing this but figment he was one of the lone characters in the park right in 1983 when the, when the original journey to imagination opened and so because of that he got a lot of the attention that had mickey and goofy and donald and you know daisy and many had been in the park at that point would have gotten he got it because he was one of the lone characters and he is just so lovable i mean the merchandise like you said at epcot the plush that 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 soft lavender purple is just very eye-catching you know he always has a um a, a topiary during a flowering garden that's giant usually the one that's at the front of the park uh even like the festival of the arts we were there in february and he was all over the place he he was the 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 festival mascot right so you know when you think about that he has developed a personality of his own based upon two, maybe three generations of children now who remember him going to the park. And I have to point out that his personality in his current ride is off. And this is one of the reasons why Figment fans don't like this ride. Because in the ride in its current form, he's like this obnoxious troublemaker. And he's like messing everything up and getting into stuff. And then when he like takes over the tour and he goes into this, this, oh, we're going to look into imagination. It's like the TV's on the ceiling. And it's like, this is not, ima- that's not imaginative. And, and so I, I want to speak into the figment that so many people love is from that original ride where he was this inquisitive and uh, a little dinosaur, flying dinosaur that really wanted to let his imagination run wild. And that ride really showed what more of what I believe imagination is, not just like wacky abstract objects, but actual things you would do with your imagination, going to space and things like that. Wow, wow, wow! Numbers, letters, papers for writing, costumes, makeup, stages for lighting, teardrop laughter! <laughs> what about science? Science? We'll need electron beams and crystal prisms, gyroscopes and magnetism, holy grail! And also, worth pointing out, Figment has actually found a home in comic books. Mm hmm. Um, Marvel has released a lot of comics based on Disney parks, characters and attractions and, uh, Dreamfinder, I guess is another character we should be talking about. So it's Dreamfinder and Figment are a part of these comics and they're very, very well done. I highly mm-hmm. recommend them. Yeah. You're, you're not the first person to have said that. I've heard a lot of great stuff. In fact, these comics in a lot of ways have redeemed the character for who he truly was when, when they were originally uh, created versus what you see. And and I really hope that, you know, I know Disney is working on scaling back some of these projects because of COVID things like that. But I really do hope that when they do finally redo Epcot, the way that they're hoping to redo it, that they really do pay homage to who Figment is and who Figment was, really. So I, I'm with you there. 
he also used to be a walk around character with Dreamfinder. So you know oh. that that costume is back there somewhere. And like, if you were to do a Dreamfinder and Figment meet and greet, people would lose their minds. Now, when you say that he used to be a, a walk around meet and greet, was it a full on character or was he the puppet that, that you get? I've seen Dreamfinder out and about with the puppet, like on his hand. Yeah, that's the one I'm referring to. It was the puppet. Okay. Okay, gotcha. I didn't think I didn't think Figment was a full-on walk-around character, but yeah. So I, I've seen that from, or at least I've seen images of that. Whether I've seen it recently, I, I can't. I've never personally seen it, but yeah. If they if they okay. did that, that would be awesome. All right, I want to shift gears to another character that we've touched on briefly in this podcast, which is Orange Bird. Little orange bird, little orange bird, in the sunshine tree, in the sunshine tree. Won't you think? Something sunny just for me. A lot of people don't realize that when Walt Disney World was first opened up, Magic Kingdom was first opened up, again, just like Disneyland, they had to go to some sponsorships to be able to pay for some of the stuff that they were doing. And one of the things that they went to in Florida was the Florida Citrus Commission. So uh, Orange Bird, he's a Disney character. He was created in 1969. He debuted in 1970 pre-Walt Disney World, and he was a mascot Florida for the Florida Citrus Commission. So basically, in exchange for them uh, sponsoring the Enchanted Tiki Room, Magic Kingdom agreed to be able to sponsor orange juice and all, you know, just that whole citrus thing. Again, Florida being the Sunshine State, the Orange State, etc. What's really funny is that he... He, he made an appearance. He was popular. He used to be a walk-around character. People uh, would take pictures with him. He doesn't have a voice. So unlike Figment, he doesn't talk. He doesn't sing. But he kind of kind of moved away uh, a little bit as we kind of got into the 80s and 90s. You didn't see him as much. And then as we got back into the 2000s, people remember this retro character. And so while you still don't see him as a retro, as a walk-around character, you will see him on the Sunshine Tree Terrace at uh, at Magic Kingdom. He is basically the sponsor of the Citrus Swirl, not 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 the uh, pineapple, the Dole Whip. He's not the sponsor of that. This is different. But you'll see him on merch. You'll see him on uh, T-shirts. You'll see. I actually have a plush over here that I bought at Walt Disney World. It's you know maybe about nine inches big or whatever and you know i've got pins there was an entire pin collection that was released from him as well and again it goes back to that generation of disney guests who remembers when you know disney wasn't the behemoth that it is right now and they did have to rely on other sources of funding to be able to do things and so for a lot of people this was a beloved character when they went down there and took the family station wagon and went to disney world for a couple of days and stayed at the grand floridian yeah i i I found it interesting so you said he's he doesn't sing or speak he apparently communicates with orange bubbles and i thought that was And his head is actually shaped like an orange. Like he's a canary, but his head is purposely shaped like an orange. Yeah, I'll be honest. I did not know what Orange Bird was until like three years ago. Um, (laughs) It wasn't until I started working for the Walt Disney Company. And of course, you run into many 
parks fanatics when you work at a Disney store and people are talking about Orange Bird. And of course, you know, as a, you kind of have this save face as a Disney fan where you can't be like, well, I don't know who that is. So it's like, okay, I gotta like go home and Google who that is. So I like, don't look stupid in front of my new coworkers. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I didn't realize how big of a following he has. And I, he's not my favorite character. Um, partly, I think I, I'm not a huge fan of the citrus swirl, it's good and i know we've talked about it. it's good it's just uh, just not my all-time favorite but uh, again i will comment that he has found a small home in the comics that marvel did, mm-hmm. did a run of enchanted tiki room comics and he is in those yeah and again i mean he's one of those things that out of sight out of mind you don't think about him but i have made it a point when I'm in the parks, if I see something new with Orange Bird on it, you know, I consider possibly buying it. I have a small little Orange Bird collection. He was actually featured on some home, Disney home products in the parks uh, in February for a while. He had a, like a, I believe a dress for women. He had um, an apron. He had some um, like a purse or something like that. A purse. I think there was even some ears made. I mean, there's ears made for everything. But yeah, he's definitely got a little bit of a cult following, which is exciting. Again, it's just one of those things that, you know, and again, I love the color orange. Maybe that's why I'm partial to it. I, I don't know. I, I also find it interesting that this is a character that I don't think is ever going to make the jump to the big screen. Figment, oh, no. I can see them doing a, a, a movie. Like there's, there's a world that you could do a figment movie, even, you know, we're about to talk about Duffy and friends. You could do a Duffy and friends movie. I'm not sure that you could do an orange bird movie. And I I mean, I don't even know if I'd want them to do an orange bird movie. I think I'm, I'm perfectly happy in the role that, that orange bird plays in the parks. Like, I, I don't think there needs to be any more, you know? And, and honestly, I don't know if I'd ever want to see a figment movie. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with the role figment plays in the parks. I, I think sometimes, you know, Disney and not just Disney, but just companies in general, they do too much to commercialize something and they ruin it, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on orange bird. I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like I don't know what that movie would be. I mean, I guess I guess maybe a Disney Junior show with Orange Bird could be cute. Nah, I don't. I I don't think it. I mean, I, no. I mean, you'd have to come up with some kind of a story that then takes it off of the. The the problem is is when you when you go to try to be bigger than that, you have to then develop more arcs to the story. I mean, again, we talked about the Haunted Mansion movie uh, on the Haunted Mansion episode, and you know I'm a decent fan of it but i know one of the reasons why that movie got panned was because of all the extra narrative that was added into it that wasn't part of the of the attraction canon and i can see disney could try to do something like that with these characters but there's more risk than reward if if you know what i mean yeah i I don't think there's any purpose in that I, i i'm just i'm curious if they would ever do that but i i i like the idea of listen this is just in the parks that's it there's nothing else all right so let's shift gears to the third parks exclusive character which is duffy the disney bear now it's very important to call out that you will not find Duffy at Walt Disney World any longer. 
You will not find him at Disneyland. You will not find him at Disney California Adventure. He has been phased out of the stateside parks. Occasionally you might find a pin or a leftover plush, because it's only been a couple years. But he is now found at Tokyo Disney Resort, Hong Kong Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, and Shanghai Disneyland. So why don't you give them kind of the, the history of kind of Duffy real quick. So this is what uh, my research found. So the story goes, they they set this up that Duffy was created. He was sewed by Minnie Mouse mm-hmm. for to give to Mickey Mouse as he was packing for a long sea voyage. Mm-hmm. So Duffy was meant to like keep Mickey company. And I believe there's like a whole book and everything about this. Like you could buy the book. This is the best going away gift ever, Mickey exclaimed. And he gave Minnie a hug. You can keep him in your duffel and take him with you wherever you go, she replied. I will, and I think I will name him Duffy, Mickey decided. How how I view it is it was pretty much Disney's attempt to do like their own in-house Build-A-Bear, where you could buy the Duffy bear, but then you could also buy all these outfits and you still can uh-huh. buy all these outfits and other stuff for all the, for all the bear. And so the idea is that you, you not just buy the bear, but then you buy all the cute little outfits and accessories and they're huge in, in Japan and Asia. And there's a whole collection of friends. So it's Duffy and friends. So he has a girlfriend whose name is Shelly May. And mm-hmm. then there's Cookie Ann and Stella Lou and my personal favorite, Gelatoni the cat. And I believe there's an Aulani Resort specific one as well, too. It's a turtle. I, I don't remember. His yeah, name. it looks like his name is called Olu. Uh, ah, a, yes. a, yuki, a ukulele playing turtle. <laughs> yes. So here's the, the thing. In, in Disney... They have a history of doing this where something is extremely popular in the Asian market and they then export it to the States. And sometimes it's really popular in the States and other times it falls flat. Uh, A great example of something that was really popular in the Asian market and was exported to the States and at first didn't take off and then suddenly exploded was the Zoom Zoom phenomenon. I know you remember that well, as as do I. Zoom Zoom Tuesdays, when the new Zoom Zooms would come out and we would get the Disney Store exclusive ones and new collections. At first, those collections, they sat there and sat there and sat there. And the classic ones, after a while, just no one ever bought them until they revamped them and you had to get those. And I finally gave all my Zoom Zooms away except for special ones. I gave them to my niece and nephew because I was like, what am I going to do with all these things? They're just taking up space, right? They they were an example of things that were crazy popular in Japan, literally took off here, and then you saw them swoop back down a little bit because the popularity disappeared, yet they're still popular in Japan. An example of something that was done in the Asian market that they brought stateside that did not take off was the Afufi. Remember oh, the Afufis? So the Afufis yeah. were... Basically, plush balls that smelt like apples and blossoms, rose blossoms, or whatever. Right? Uh, uh, let me let me correct you, Casey. They smelled like poop. Like they didn't. Like, <laughs> they didn't smell. It, it, was, it was it was an overpowering uh, assault on my nose hairs to have those things uh, anywhere near. The me. And the, yeah, the Beauty and the Beast one smelled like funeral parlor 
flowers. Like that's how bad uh, they were. it smelled like your grandma's house. That's what those smelled like. And so Disney has this, they just, they do this often where something will test well in one market. So they're going to try it in a different market. Disney, the Duffy bear is an example or Duffy, the Disney bear is an example of this where it did well in the Asian market. They, they, it was developed, I believe originally in Tokyo or Hong Kong. I can't remember which one specifically, but it did well in the Asian market. They brought it over to Walt Disney world to again, cash out on it. And again, I don't, I'm not one of those people that blames Disney for being a profit making organization. I'm not, they are a profit making organization. If you're not okay with that, get over it. They are a profit making company. Seriously, people, but people just didn't respond because when someone goes to Walt Disney world or Disneyland, they want to see the characters they know. They want to see Mickey mouse. They want to see Minnie mouse. They want to buy a Mickey mouse plush and they want to buy a Minnie mouse plush. They don't want to be told about a brand new character and then suddenly they've got to invest in all these new outfits and it becomes this collectible thing. I would argue this is one of the reasons why Vinyl Mations, while they were successful to begin with, why they fell off because there was just too many. It was was too much when it comes to trying to collect stuff. And I think Duffy's a great example of that. Now, I will say, I think Duffy is starting to become more popular stateside with more people being a more Disney fans are able to travel to Tokyo and to Shanghai and to Hong Kong. They they travel these places, go see these characters and go, oh, my word, I love these characters. I want um, I want all the merch from it. And, and it's not just it's it's. It's not just the bear and outfits now. There are whole lines of merch that have Duffy and friends on them. And I know that there are people out there. I listen to some theme park podcasts that they go gaga for it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, but I, I just, I, me personally, I'm in the camp of why would I go to Disney and spend money on a teddy bear mm-hmm. that... Minnie Mouse sewed for Mickey Mouse so, so we could keep him company on a long ship ride. Like, mm-hmm. that, that, why, why would I want that? Yes, he's cute. Yes, it's really cool. Yes, I enjoy original things. But why, why do I want that? I'd be really interested, and this is something I want to do when we release this episode. I want to put a poll out there in our group. Are you a Dis- Duffy the Disney Bear fan? Like, do you know who Duffy the Disney Bear is? And are you a fan? Yes or no? I'd really be interested to see just of our listener base. You know, we got almost 500 in the Facebook group. You know, what are, what are their thoughts on this? Right. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I just, if I'm going to go to Disney, I, I want to buy Disney product with characters that I know and love, you know, again, the, for me, orange bird has some sentimental tradition value to it. You have the same thing with figment, but Duffy, Duffy was created exclusively to sell for merchandise purposes. And because of that, I just, it lacks that developmental history in my mind of that particular character. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I found Duffy when I was in my twenties. And so the first thing I didn't run out was go and buy a Duffy bear. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. I buy lots of toys, (laughs) but I didn't need to then add Duffy. It's also important to point out that the name's horrible. Because every time I hear Duffy, I think of Duff Beer from from The Simpsons. Isn't it Duff Beer? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I just, you know, I, you know I, but you know I, why I, that? I think it was. I think the reason he got that is because Minnie handed 
um, a duffel bag to Mickey on this long voyage. I, I literally think that that's the that's the that's, that's the reason it's done. fine. But again, talk about like missing the marketing. Like that's cool, but for someone who doesn't know that part of the story, Duffy Duff beer. Like that's what I think of when I hear the name Duffy. I, it's just. And, I, and I'm not even a crazy Simpsons fan. Like, I don't watch The Simpsons on the regular, but I know Duff Beer, and I just, just you know, we are beer <laughs> beers after all. Uh, okay. So, real quick, before we conclude, it is important to call out, while we highlighted these three, there are countless other characters in the park who are, are just park-exclusive characters that, again get a little bit of play one you know if you've ever been to mickey's not so scary halloween party one of the floats in the parade it has the grave diggers has the hitchhiking ghosts on it and so the hitchhiking ghosts are a great example they are in the parks uh, i believe during halloween time you can even meet with them and get their autograph and take pictures with them so that's one example of um a character in the park that is exclusive to the park uh i know there's another one matt you got another one yeah, um, pretty much. I mean, the redhead, the redheaded mm-hmm. pirate from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and really all of the characters in Pirates of the Caribbean technically are parks exclusive characters that have just made the jump to the big screen. And 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 I would argue the Pirates franchise is one of the few mm-hmm. parks exclusive franchises that has successfully made it into more mainstream non-parks related media. I also think there's a couple of, I know Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, for example, is one of your favorite rides. And while it's an IP, the main host of the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, I don't think is one of the main characters in Monsters Inc. because the cast member behind that is actually there in the, in, you know, behind the scenes voicing that character. And so they had to make it kind of a nondescript monsters Inc character. So from that world, but still not necessarily from that movie kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. They do have some original monsters. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mike Wazowski and Roz and yeah. shows up, but yeah, a lot of the comics are yeah. Original, original yep. monsters. Yeah. So, you know, again, think about some of your favorite characters. Um, again, some of the characters that are, are parks exclusive could be the the Main Street uh, villagers or the Main Street uh, citizens, right? On Citizens of Main Street, the Hollywood Boulevard actors who come around and do the streetmosphere, right? You get to know them. There's the, um, again, I always forget her name, but the, 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 the plant, the tree that is on stilts at Animal Kingdom, she lives there, right? That is a park exclusive character right so disney does a great job and you go back to uh, an episode we did way back when on disney springs and you were talking about what's his name pleasure what was his, his first name lord oh, pleasure yes uh, uh, uh merryweather oh man oh I'm, I'm so mad for butchering this oh no merryweather adam pleasure yes merryweather adam pleasure Yes. Lord Pleasure. He was the proprietor of Pleasure Island, right? That was a made up. What's that? The Funmeister. The Funmeister. <laughs> but he was, he's the, he's the made up character of, of this made up area. But Disney, that is the thing that Disney has always done so well. And the reason why Disney continues to succeed to this day is that they are in the business of telling compelling stories 
that people fall in love with, even with their characters in the parks. You know, when you go to an amusement park, like a Six Flags or a Cedar Point or, or a Dollywood, there are just amusement parks. You wait in a queue. There's not a lot of theming. You ride the ride and that's it. Here, there's theming. There's, I mean, take even like Animal Kingdom, the, the ride Dinosaur, right? The characters in that show, the doctor, the uh, the guy who Dr. accompanies you. Yeah, Dr. Seeker. And then, of course, the one who's, you know, the, the other lady, Cosby, the <laughs> wife. The, the child, yeah, the yeah, whatever her, whatever her name is. You know what I'm saying? Again, they create this environment of characters out of nothing, out of nothing. It is closing time. How do our wonderful listeners get a hold of us, Matt? You can email us, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. You can join up on our Facebook group, Beers and Ears Podcast. Uh, we've had a couple of really fun polls and great discussions um, there recently. So uh, hop on there. We'd love to hear your input. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, beersears1928. As always, rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. And uh, new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. All right, let's go ahead and raise our glasses today, my friends. This episode has been on us, and we will see you again real soon. Have a great day. Bye, everybody.